you know, I think there's this need for conversations now to be so hyper-specific. You know, so many people are talking about something so hyper-specific. And, like, even though a lot of people are talking about the same things, there's this hyper-specificity to it. It's always the hardest word to say. And, uh... I was thinking so much about the word hyper-specificity that I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just the, the nature of things. It's like what people are consuming, how they're consuming it. I think it's a product of the information age. You know, we're in the information age, and so of course things are going to be hyper-specific. Even when people are mostly talking about the same things, they're just very specific about it. And I think that makes you appreciate small talk more. It makes you appreciate, you know, just banter with the grocery store cashier, which I never force. I mean, the other day I was at the grocery store. I was at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. And I asked for cash back. And, I, you know, I don't care how you give it to me. I understand why they ask. Nothing wrong with them asking, but, uh, you know, I, I never care what you give me. I mean, don't give me 21s. Don't give me 31s and some change or something. You know, obviously I want a 20 in there. I want a 20 in there. Something. Three tens. But they asked me, you know, how do you want it? And I said, a uh, 20 and a 10. Not because I really wanted a 20 and a 10, but I felt like I had to give an answer. Like 20 and a 10. And the guy goes, how about two fives? We're all out of tens. And I said, even better. I said, even better. I said, you know, tens are the new $2 bill. And the, the bag guy, I think he's, he's a they, them. Trader Joe's, a lot of they, thems. Pretty much the entire staff is they them now. Um, but uh, you know the, the they them who is begging my groceries, like let let out like a genuine laugh, which was nice. Because that's not the first time I've thought of that joke. I mean, it's not even a joke; it's the truth. But nobody really uses tens anymore. Not a lot of tens around. Like, even at work, you know, this is the first job I've ever had that involves cash registers. And I never stock it with tens, you know. It's my job to get change from the bank, whatever, and make sure the the registers have what they need. And nobody taught, like, like when I got hired, you know, even this is the first job with that, like, nobody actually told me, like, how many of each one to have. But just through trial and error, like, I just figured out, Oh, yeah, you know, it's better to have, if you keep $200 in the cash drawer, you know, it's good to have 120s, 40 to 50 in fives, 31s, and like the rest in change. Like that, that seems to work. But I never keep it stock with tens. And like when someone pays with tens, unless I can deposit them, you know, unless I can deposit them at the bank, I'm just kind of like, ah, what am I supposed to do with these tens? So I had that thought from working this job. I was like, oh yeah, tens are the new $2 bill. It's like you can use them, 
But really, like, who carries around tens? Who wants tens anymore? And so I, I made that crack, a little crack at Trader Joe's and got it, got a genuine laugh, which I was really happy about. And I, I felt good, not just because I made someone laugh, but just because uh, I mean, that's a funny little moment. It's like I, I love moments like that. Or it's just like I'm getting cash back, which I almost never do. I mean, all that means if you ever see me in a store getting cash back, it just means my monthly trip to the weed store is coming up. Go to the weed store maybe once a month. Weed, you know, I smoke so little. I smoke every night, but I smoke so little that weed just lasts me forever. So maybe once a month I go to the weed store. And, uh, you know, if you see me getting cash back from a grocery store, though, that means that... If you see me getting like 30 bucks, I'll take 30 bucks to the weed store once a month. See me getting a, a 20 and a 10, a 20 and two fives, I'm going to the weed store in the next couple of days. Um, but it was just funny because it's like I'm getting cash back and then, you know, they ask you what you want. I'm just treading over territory I already covered, but yeah, they ask you what you want, which is always gets me. Like anytime you're not ready to answer a question, and then it's funny, like, when they can't accommodate that. Like, it's almost like going over to someone's house, and they're like, hey, you want some, something to drink? And you're like, sure. And they're like, what do you want? And I'll be like, uh, I'll have a Coke. They're like, oh, all we got is Sprite and lemonade. Sorry. And he's like, oh, no, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't actually care about a, a Pepsi. It's just you asked me what I wanted. You asked me if I wanted something to drink and you didn't tell me like what my options were. Because what that cashier could have done instead of like letting me even say 10, making me seem like a 10 guy. Oh, here's a 10 guy. A 10 guy. My favorite anime is 10 guy. No, but it, it, instead of uh, making me seem like I was a 10 guy, oh, this guy wants a 20 and a 10. You made me ask for 10. I didn't want 10, but you you asked me a broad question. You didn't put any parameters on your question, man. You made it so that I seemed like I really wanted a 10. And then you said, sorry, all we got is fives. I've turned this great interaction into like, you know, some trial or something. I've turned it into something horrible here in my mind. Um, but I, you know, the guy, what the guy could have done is he could have said, is a 20 and two fives okay? And I would have said, yeah. But guess what? I never would have gotten to make my $10 bill as the new $2 bill joke. So it was a perfect setup. Perfect setup. And I'm proud of that joke. I think I'll retire it now. Probably not. I mean, there'll probably be some situation where it comes up again, but I'm not going to force it. I'm, I'm going to temporarily retire that joke. Um, but yeah, just small talk. I think you, you gain a, greater, a greater appreciation for it sometimes when everything else is so complex, everything else is so specific. You know, it's nice if it's small talk, because, you know, we think a small talk is like one of two subjects. It's like, oh, you were talking about the weather. Talking about what day of the week it is. 
nothing wrong with that. That's important stuff. Like talking about the weather. Like there would have been a point in time where talking about the weather was serious business. And you know what? It's still important because like I don't check the forecast all the time. I really only check the forecast if if like if I'm planning to walk batty, I'll check the forecast just to see what time we're expecting rain. If I've been hearing rumors of snow, I'll check it just to kind of see if when the snow is coming or if it's really if it's going to be really really hot. I'll check it, but majority of time I, I never check the forecast. So I wouldn't really know what's coming up. And, you know, just a week ago or so, you know, I heard a guy saying like, oh, it's going to get really, I, over, I wasn't even part of this conversation. It was a conversation between a cashier and somebody else, another customer. And the guy was like, it's going to get really, really cold next week. It might even snow. And so because of that, I was glued to the forecast. I was like, I want to know how cold it's going to be. And I want to know if it's going to snow. And it was supposed to snow, but then it got too cold and it didn't. There was just like a very thin layer of ice. It was like hail slowly coming down from the sky. It was just like these ice pellets coming down. It got down to 15, de 15 degrees a couple nights, which is just unheard of here. 15 degrees in Washington, never heard of that. And because of that, like I, I only knew to anticipate that because I overheard two people making small talk in the grocery store and the guy's like, it's gonna get really cold and it might even snow. And I'm like, that's good information. And there was a point in time where that was really important. You know, granted people weren't checking the weather forecast, but it's like if you were a farmer way back when, a century ago, and you, you know, went into town, you went into the market, you went to market, and, and somebody's like, oh, just so you know, uh, they say that there's a cold front coming. It's going to get down to 15 degrees. It'd be like, that's, a, that's not small talk. That's important information. It's like, that's a very important information. Like, we've trivialized talking about the weather as if you don't, like, that's crucial. People got to talk about the weather. I actually get a lot of my my own forecast just from what other people are saying and during small talk yeah you know it's going to be 99 next week oh i didn't know that that's i can prepare now and then on top of that just the the glory that is the weather i mean the weather fucking is, is everything it's something that has an immediate impact on all of our lives from day to day throughout seasons <coughs> and it's just such such a stunning visual, like a storm, rain, wind, snow. It's like these are some of the most stunning visuals. Like apart from the landscape of Earth itself, these are some of the most stunning visuals. Storms, the sun. You know, so you know the weather, small. Uh, Talking about the weather, small talk. Well, you're not. It might be small talk, but you're not talking about something small. You're talking about the biggest thing to all of us. The reason we have houses. The reason we build houses. Like these cars we use to transport ourselves to places. Like are designed. Just based around the weather. Like, aside from eating, it's like, and, and this isn't meant to be one of those, like, we're all just apes. 
it's just the truth, which is like aside from eating and sustenance and stuff, it, you know, it's most of what we do is designed around dealing with the weather one way or the other. So small talk about the biggest thing. And people like me who aren't glued to the forecast, like we actually get a lot of our local knowledge, like our, our local weather forecast just from some shit the cashier says to you. But it is nice when small talk goes a little beyond that. Like there is this sweet spot of small talk where it's not just, oh, you staying warm out there? Where it actually hits on something without any investment involved. I, I've told this story a million times because it was just an amazing moment. But one time I was at, there's this local uh, grocery store called Top Foods. Now it's a Hagen. A Hagen. But it, it was Top Foods for many years. And there's this guy who's worked there since he was 18. And he's now probably got to be in his mid to late 50s. You know, he's probably worked at this... Uh, grocery store for 40 years and he's not the manager but you can just kind of tell he's the man there he's got glasses and a mustache and he's really skinny and he's he's really nice really friendly he's funny he's a great guy like years ago i was talking to my mom about top foods and she's like you know there's this cashier there he's just the best you know he's and i was like oh let me guess he's the guy with glasses and a mustache I think his name is Scott. And at one point, like a friend of mine even talked about him. A friend of mine was like, oh, that's my favorite cashier too. And I was like, yeah, damn right. And I had a conversation once with someone where I was like, I want an action figure of that guy. And I don't even know him. Like, I'm not, I don't go in and go, hi, Scott. Scott, hey, Scott. Remember me? You know, I, I don't. There's no personal connection to this guy. I just, uh, this guy, I would love to have an action figure of this guy. And it turns out he's everybody else's favorite cashier too. And he's not a ham either. I'm giving this guy the best review you could ever give a cashier, but he's not a ham either. It's just like this guy was meant to work in a grocery store for 40 years without being bitter or burned out. Like he's just comfortable there. It's like his school. I should say that to him. I'm like, you know, this place is like your school. The thing is, you can't you can't do that though. Like, you can't crack the the bubble, you know. Like sometimes when you meet a character, and this guy, he's not weird. He's not weird. He's not weird or anything. But he is a character. And something you have to be very careful not to do with characters, though is let them know that you know they're a character. Because that can happen. Like, I remember that happening when I was a kid. Like, my friends and I, were we were always character magnets, of course. Like, we always gravitated toward these... We'd just be out doing something. Like, when we were teenagers, we'd have the camcorder with us. My friend had a camcorder. And we'd just, like, meet these old dudes and these characters... And they were just oddities to us. And so we'd like film them or take pictures of them and things or just talk to them. Like every situation we were ever in, we'd just find the, the strange character and just talk to them or observe, sometimes just observe them. 
but you never wanted them to know and and I don't mean it in like a making fun of kind of way because that's a different thing but the two can kind of bleed into each other like where if you meet a character and you make a misstep and you let them know that you know they're a character sometimes they can misinterpret that as it's like a mocking thing when it's not you know it's actually like a, a gen like the, the purest appreciation of that person that they have probably ever had but you can't let them know you're appreciating it there are some people though who don't even give a fuck either way a lot of old people get that way like old men who say weird shit like they know they're a character or, or they don't but they don't care whether you consider them a character or not like they're just totally desensitized to all anything like that like their brain will never even think that So, uh, you know, there are some people where it's like it doesn't make a difference. But there are others where it's just like you can't, like, clue them in. You can't crack the glass. You can't knock on the glass. Because that makes it inorganic. And it, it, it also makes people self-aware suddenly. Self-aware. Um, but anyway... Uh, this, this grocery store clerk, like, I've been very careful to never, like, ask him too many questions or ask him any questions. Like, just this guy, like, being a cashier is, is enough because that's, that's what you're getting. And if you were to, like, tap on the glass, all of a sudden he's going to be like, oh, man, what am I, a freak? Or is this, is this person making fun of me? But anyway, the whole reason I'm talking about this guy is that one time I was in there and like he wears Seahawks shit and stuff. Like I think the most I've ever really talked about is like I've been I've been wearing a Seahawks hat and he's like, "What do you think?" And he follows the Seahawks obsessively and knows everything. And he'd be like, "What do you think you hear we drafted uh, DK Metcalf? Like what do you think of that?" You know, I've bantered with him about the Seahawks a little bit. But in generally, like I'll, I'll just be like, "Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you?" Hi, hi. You know that's that's like pretty much the most of it, just friendly conversation. But one time, just out of the blue, he was like ringing me up. He was just almost like humming to himself. Like um, there was almost like a little dance to him standing behind the cashier. Like he did seem like he was buzzing. And then just out of nowhere, he goes, "Yeah, I just reconnected with my high school sweetheart." You know, like uh, you know, we're seeing each other again. And I was like, that's awesome. I was like, that's awesome. Oh my. That is fucking awesome. He was so happy about it. And like this guy, like I said, this guy's been working at the grocery store since high school. Like he's like, re he's recompleted his life. Like he's still working at the grocery store that he's been at for 40 years. And he reconnected with the girl he was probably dating when he started working there. And the way he said it too, it was just like... It's this type of thing that like very few men would ever say to each other. And like this guy isn't a pussy. Like he's not a he's not like a macho guy, but he's he's not a pussy either. Like he's just a guy. And it's not something a guy would normally ever say to another guy. He wouldn't be like buzzing and be like I just reconnected with my high school sweetheart. 
Like, this is fucking awesome. And then you, and then my response is like, yeah, that is fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it just stood out to me because like, after he said it, it, it was almost like he had a moment of self-awareness like that. That's kind of a crazy thing to be saying, but he, he was like so in love that it just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't regret that I saw. I think, it, it, I think he kind of surprised himself. I think he, he surprised himself that he just, you know, just threw that out there at me. Just reconnect with my high school sweetheart. You know, we're seeing each other again. Life is fucking amazing. <laughs> the other time that I remember like a particularly unique interaction with him was, I don't know, I haven't done this for many years. Like weed for me is just something I, I can only take in small doses at the very end of the night when everything's done, when I'm home, nothing else to do. But I, of course, used to just wake up and smoke a ton of weed. And there was one time where, like, I woke up, got high, went to the grocery store. It was early in the morning. And he was my cashier. And I remember, like, he, like, walked up to the register. And he did this Irish accent. You know, it was just, like, it was really goofy. And he just, like, and, he, and like I said, he's, he's not this kind of guy who's, like, zany all the time. Normally, he just seems to be, like, friendly and doing his job well. Like, he's not a guy, he's not, when I say he's a character, it's not like he comes up and says zany things to you. But this time, like, he came up and he was doing an Irish accent, and he, like, commented on it. He's like, oh, me, I, I'm Irish. Something like that. But he said something to me. And I was really high, and I was just like, uh, you know, I, I just laughed or something. And then, then he, like, he realized how strange it was that he had done that, like, and he, and he just kind of was like, well, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck just happened kind of thing. It was one of those moments, though, where I was almost like, this guy, I feel like this guy, like, somehow, he's on my level right now. Like, I'm just waking bacon, as they call it, going to the grocery store first thing in the morning. And this guy sees me and just decides to do a fake Irish accent and say something goofy. But that's upper level small talk, you know? Like that guy telling me, I mean, the, the reason, like I said, I launched into this was this just this one time, like this guy who I've only ever made small talk with, banter, friendly banter about sports and the weather. Just that one day he's like, I just reconnected with my high school sweetheart. And that he's older, you know? This is, he's not like 30, he's like in his 50s. And how it was still small talk. It was very personal. And insightful about this guy, uh, but it uh, it was still small talk. It was technically what we call technically small talk. TST, you could say, A little TST there. And I went to the grocery store, and uh, the uh, the cashier hit me with a little TST. Hit me with a little TNT. That might be small talk, Scott, but that's some TNT. You're just blowing up TNT here. But that, that's what, I, what, I was, what I'm talking about is like, yeah, I appreciate even just talking about the weather. The one that I'm not a big fan of is just the, the grocery store. Like, did you find everything you needed? 
I never liked that one because sometimes the answer is no. Like I went to Trader Joe's at the end of the night before it closed and like all the stuff I was looking for was gone. They just hadn't restocked it for the day or like sometimes they'll just get rid of something I like. Just get rid of something I like. Um, But it was one of those nights where I just went there and like they had nothing I wanted. And then they're like, did you see everything you want? Did you get whatever the fuck they said? Did you find everything you want? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Because what am I going to say? No. I mean, this is like Jerry Seinfeld level humor, but still, it's one of those questions where you're going to be like, no, you didn't have the black raspberry yogurt. No, you didn't have the, the miniature gummy bears that I wanted. No. Because then they're obligated to help you or something or give you some kind of answer. If you say no, you didn't find everything you wanted. Like, there's new obligation for them. Like, they have, it's their job now to ask, like, well, what was it? And tell you, like, we do have that. So it's like your answer is always going to be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got everything. You guys have everything. I love this place. That's what you're kind of compelled to do. So the, I, I, don't, I don't really consider that small talk, though. Like, I don't consider the things that the cashier has to say to you as part of their job to be small talk. Like, if it's about business, if it's about the transaction, that's not small talk. Like, you going up to somebody at a grocery store and being like, what aisle are the miniature gummy bears on? You know, that's not small talk either. Like, anything with a cashier that's like business or transactional that doesn't count. How is your day? You know, that's pretty much like the bottom end of small talk. I'd rather not get or give that question. You can't avoid it, but I'd, ra- I'd like to avoid that question when I can. That is small talk because it's not technically part of like the transaction. Like, how is your day? It's, it's pretty much, it's like writing in someone's yearbook, have a nice summer. Someone would ask to sign your yearbook and you look at it, you're expecting like something meaningful and there's just like 20 kids wrote, have a nice summer. Have a good summer. It's like, you know, you know, the gesture is nice. But that's what like, how's your day? How are you doing? But that stuff, I, I was reading something the other day and it, it makes total sense. It's what I already believe. But it was nice to see it put to words where someone was saying, like, that's kind of the social lubricant for one. But with this thing, I know I've talked about that on here before, how it's kind of this social lubricant where it's like you can gauge somebody's... It's not like when you're engaging in small talk, you're not trying to, like, get something out of what's being said in that moment. You know, it's not like you're, you're, it's not like that information itself is, is that valuable to you. What it is, is it's like you're getting a read on that person. Like if you say, hey, how are you doing? And someone's like, I'm good. How are you? How are you? How are you? That's a, a pretty good read. It's like, oh, that person's agreeable to existence with me right now. Ah, I can see you're agreeable to, with you're agreeable to my existence. 
Like you can negotiate from there. Like you can go somewhere else from there. You might not. You probably won't nine times out of ten. But it's like that tells you like this person's willing to collaborate on the most basic level. And from there, you might launch into a deep conversation about something highly specific. You might find your your new best friend. And it, it, it indicates, oh, there's no hostility here. Whereas there's other people where if you're like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, good. Or they don't answer. It's like, oh, this is, we're not collaborating. Like, you're not agreeable to my existence right now. There's nowhere else to go from here. Like, of course, sometimes you can, that can actually lead to, you know, some sort of connection. You know, of course, like, that doesn't mean you, you won't, like, find some common ground or something with that person. But just in terms of, like, getting about, like, there's a reason why that's so big in any job, really, any kind of customer service why it's even a thing in just public, like saying, sorry, excuse me. It's not that it actually makes a material difference whether you say that or not. But it is kind of this social lubricant. It is something that kind of, I don't know, it's a statement of peace. You know, and it, and... And bad things have come when people don't say that. Not every time. But someone who bumps into somebody and doesn't say excuse me or sorry, people have gotten killed over that by very insecure, fucked up people. But they, they I mean, one of the reasons we say those things is basically to protect ourselves from insane and insecure people. Because, you know, it should be built in that like we appreciate when someone does something nice for us. Like when someone gives you something and you take it, like it should be built in that's like, I appreciate this, thank you. But we still have to say that. Like we still have to say that just, you know, on the off chance that they don't know or on the off chance that they're fucking crazy. I haven't really thought this one out. This is, I'm just thinking of this right now, but um, I think there is some truth to it. Where one of the reasons why we, one of the reasons politeness exists, maybe it's not to protect us from crazy people, but it's just, it's to de-escalate situations. It's to lubricate situations. Doing a little lubricating. And what I was reading the other night was basically saying that, you know, that it, it it also kind of tends to indicate trust. Of course, people are polite and manipulative. There's people who are polite and they lie. Like there's the Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver where it's like acts like the nicest, most polite kid to the parents. But he's really a little demon, a daemon. He's a daemon. His name's Eddie Haskell, but his real name's Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, if he has a friend named Beaver, why can't his name be Damon? Demon. Leave it to Demon. Leave it to Demon. Leave it to Damon. <laughs> Leave it to Damon. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, of course, like everything good, like is is can be used in a bad way to further a bad cause. Like it's not it's not a a deep thought. Um, so of course, like these things that I'm saying are a social lubricant, and they communicate trust and peace. Which is what you should tell people. Like when people are like, I hate small talk. Be like, you know what? It's not about the the information. It's about like what's being communicated, which is actually just trust and peace. When I say thank you, what I'm really saying is trust and peace. T and P. Spreading a little trust and peace here. It means too, like I, I've I you know, I've been trained in you know how to interact i'm i'm uh what's it called um socialized hey i'm socialized i'm civilized sounds like a poem i'm socialized i'm civilized i believe in trust and peace i lubricate my conversations with small talk but I communicate in trust and peace. Because I'm socialized. I'm civilized. The, truly, truly the best poem I've ever written right there. But yeah, you know, it communicates a lot to people. And it's effortless. You know, people have so much anxiety that it, it feels like it takes a lot of effort. But you just do it. Like, I mean, it goes for any conversation. I mean, like, you know, part of my job is selling furniture. So I have to talk to a lot of customers. And, like, you know, the way sales works is, like, you're supposed to start out with, like, some kind of personal connection. Oh, hey, you're wearing a Seahawks jersey, huh? What do you think of them getting rid of Pete, Pete Carroll? What do you think of them getting rid of Pete? I try not to do that when I, I try not to comment on what people are wearing. But I mean, there was one day where a guy came in. Uh, interestingly, I've seen a couple Thor's hammers lately. I've seen a couple of Mjolnir's lately. One of them was a guy. I'm trying to remember. He was. I think he was wearing a shirt that had one on it. And so my first thought is like, he's either a metalhead or a Nazi or both. He didn't look super neo-pagan or anything. But I brought it up with him, of course. I'm like, that's, that's just like the perfect thing to bring up. I have plenty to say about that. Um, there was another guy, weirdly, he was not white. What was he? He wasn't black. I feel like I'd remember that. Like, in my mind, I'm remembering a light-skinned black guy, but I don't think he was. I think he was Latino. I think he was Latin. But he was wearing one. He had a Thor's hammer around his neck. And so I, I talked to him about it. I was like, I have one, too. Mine's the Danish design. But in sales, it's like you want to find a personal connection. and And not just to be manipulative. I mean, one, it's like... In this game, you're you're trying to sell things, and I'm not a 
aggressive salesman at all, but you're trying to sell things. Like you're trying to sell the store and you know get people to feel good about the experience and everything. So you want to make a personal connection. Um, and small talk is the way to do it. Like most people aren't going to be wearing a Thor's hammer shirt. You know, most people, it's like the most you're going to get is just pretty cold out there. How are you doing? How's your Friday? It's better than nothing. It's better than just like launching into a business spiel. Um, but as somebody who like, I, I never imagined myself doing that for 10 hours a day. And I, I wish that I wish I could flow like this, like not say this crazy shit, but I wish I could flow like this with customers. Like I wish I could hit a groove. And sometimes you do, and I mean it's it's just chemistry, really. So it's you know, I think a big part of it is just like some people are more receptive. Some people you can just like hit a groove with and banter with. Um, but I, I wish it was as like free flowing as this. But one of the reasons you do it too is just to like hopefully invite something more interesting. Like, yeah, you make small talk with a customer because you want to sell them something. That's your goal. That's why you're there. But you also like want to potentially like bring in an X factor into things. Because when you ask somebody a question, even if it's small talk, you never know what that's going to open up into. Some people, it never goes anywhere. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. You know, so a lot of times it's never going to go beyond that. But every once in a while, like it just opens a portal and that makes your day more interesting. So for me, it's on both sides, like working with the public, working with customers. I feel like there's a lot of value to small talk. Being a customer, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of value to small talk. Who I don't like making small talk with is people I'm close to. And I'd say with the people I'm close to, there's very little. Like, if you haven't talked to a friend in a while, yeah, it's good to get some updates. But very few of those conversations are going to be like, hey, how are you? How are you? Good, how are you doing? How's work? How are you dealing with that weather up there? I heard it got down to 16. You know, you're not really going to do, at least me, like I'm not going to do that with my closest friends. Like I had friends that I haven't talked to for periods of years and we do not even touch on what's going on in our lives. We just launch into something. You know, it's good to get an update. Like I said, like I want to know what's going on with people, but it's like you bypass the small talk. So you're, you're not even... You're not even talking about, like, you have no idea if this person's still dating their girlfriend from two years ago. You have no idea if they're at the same job. You have no idea, like, how their parents are doing. Like, you don't know any of that stuff because you just, like, launched into some mutant conversation. Like, if it's someone I'm close to, that's what I prefer. But there's, there's, an, there's a comfort to, like, small talk, too. Like, there are some people... I think like a, in a romantic situation, like there's a certain amount of small talk that is necessary. Because at least with like friends, you know, you can launch into some mutant six hour phone conversation and then just like rest. 
Like you don't spend 24 hours a day or even, you know, half a day with that person. You know, all week or whatever. Um, you know, there's a limitation to it. It's like when you hang out or when you talk with friends like that, it's just like this intense mutant exchange where it's just like this and this, 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 this. What about this? You know, it's just this mutant. Um, but like if it's a significant other or something, it's like you're doing more mundane things with them. Like you're doing something that's very intense. Like you're you're joined with this person. Even if it's just casual dating or something, it's like you're joined with this person. You, you get a, a side of their emotions that few other people get and vice versa. You have to discuss heavy things. There's a heaviness. Even if it's fun, there's a heaviness to it. And so I think like a certain amount of small talk in that situation is important. Like just to kind of decompress from what you're both experiencing. And if you spend that much time with someone and are intimately involved with somebody, I don't think you'd want it to be just that mutant. Like, I don't think you'd want it to be that crazy all the time. Like, just talking about simple things is very nice in romance. Just talking about simple things. Um, so, it's not wanting small talk, it's more just like, yeah, with my, my closest friends... Like, we don't need to go into that. This is just going to be like an intense mutant exchange. Now and again. One thing that's always really taken a toll on me, though, is repetitive conversations. Like at jobs or anywhere else with, with friends, it really, really wears on me when you have repetitive conversations. And I say that as someone who repeats himself all the time. I repeat myself on here. I repeat myself to the same friends. Like I, I've probably told the same stories to the same friends a, a, a billion, billion times. And they've done the same to me. You'll never escape it. Like you always have to repeat stories. You always have to repeat things. It's it's part of your song. It's part of your song, man. Yo, this is the like the twentieth time you've told me that story. It's part of my song. This is my song, man. The reason I've told you twenty different times about that time that kid in kindergarten did this is because it's part of my song. But we just have a need to do that. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of, it's part of what de defines our identity is like repeating stories. Um, but I, what gets me though is like, there's a certain amount of that. And I think that gets better if it's with people you're close to. Like you just kind of accept it and you like their stories. Even if you've heard them a bunch of times. Like, you like that it's important to them or something. You like that that's their, one of their stories. And you kind of accept that, yeah, it can be kind of annoying to hear the same story over and over again. 
but it's kind of just part of it. It's part of like knowing somebody, part of being close to somebody. But the, when repetition gets to me, it's when you have the same conversation, you know, more than once. Like I went on an OK Cupid. I went on an OK Cupid date thirteen years ago. Would have been like, yeah, like early two thousand eleven. I just I, I only know that I only remember that because I remember like exactly the time period that it had to have happened based on other things that were going on. But uh, it's so important the exact date. I like to get if you haven't noticed I like to get time exact you know. It doesn't have to be like autistically accurate. It doesn't have to be like it was on February 24th at 7 p.m. 2011. You know, it doesn't have to be that accurate, but I I like to place things in the timeline as accurately as I can. So like saying that was 13 years ago, almost 13 years ago. I don't know why, but I it's important to me to place things in the timeline correctly. And I went on this okay Cupid date with this girl. And what was really strange about it I mean, she was beautiful. She was really tall. She was like, she had to be six feet tall. And she was Eastern European. Only time I've ever dated, in, I mean, I never dated her. I went on two dates with her. You know, I guess that's dating. Going on two dates is technically dating, but I didn't date her. Didn't date her. Didn't establish anything. Just met up like for a drink twice. Um, but she was from one of those countries like uh, one of the Eastern European countries that doesn't get as much attention. I think it was Belarus, actually. Belarusian. I think she I think her like and she was Americanized, like she didn't have an accent or anything, but she looked it. She looked like she was from Belarus. And she was a photographer. And like she did these kind of like photoshops where she'd like overlay and maybe it wasn't photoshop it could have been done in a dark room for all i know could have been done in a dark room for all i know um but it was like she would overlay photos with each other and stuff and she was a talented photographer but i realized that like my ex-girlfriend who i had broken up with just like a few months earlier had one of this girl's photos on our wall like in our apartment the entire time we lived there because that girl had gone to our college at the same time we did, and she somehow like went to went to some event where that girl was selling her prints. Like she didn't even—I don't think she really knew her. But she bought this photo, of, uh, and I'm like, "This is so weird." Like I just broke up with that girl a few months ago, and now I'm going on an OK Cupid date with this girl, and like we had her one of her photos just on our wall. I never told her that. But we went on, like, this one date, and I remember it just kind of sucked, like, like, I was glad that somebody you meet in person through OkCupid is actually beautiful. You know, it's always a gamble. Like, what's this person actually going to look like? It's almost better if they look way worse than it is if... (laughs) It's almost better if they look way worse than it is if they look just, like, subtly worse. Like one of the last girls I met through Okay Cupid, you know, she she looked like pretty good in her photos. And like when I met her, it wasn't like she was fat. Like I definitely had a couple I mean I met more people on Okay Cupid than I met like I, I met one person on Tinder in in like two thousand thirteen. That was the only time I ever used Tinder. 
I'm guessing I met about 10 people, like, just for dates. Which is really fucking crazy to think about. Like, I'm so far removed from dates and anything like that that I'm just like, it's so crazy to me that, like, you just set up a date with a total stranger, but, you know, it's not even one of those, like, you shouldn't meet people online things. No, it's nothing like that. It's just weird to me that, like, on OkCupid, like, you'd find somebody who lives in your area and just, like, go out on a date. I'm just going to meet up and go, on a, go out on a date. But, uh, you know, there's there were a couple where they were definitely, like, on the heavier side. Like, you didn't realize, oh, that she's a lot heavier than I thought. Had some deceptive photos, some old photos or something. I never really made a big deal out of that. It's just a fact. Like, I say that not even, like... Like, I remember, like, one girl, like, still kind of finding her attractive and stuff. Just kind of. But, uh, you know, it's not like I was, like, mortified by it. It, it was more just, like, something you notice. Like, how, how do you not notice that? I mean, it's one of the first things you're going to notice about somebody... But it was, you know, the worst thing, though, is, is, like, if they look just subtly worse. Like, one girl, like, I think she was probably the last girl I met on OkCupid. It's like, we had talked. We had talked. Let's just talk. Hey, hey, let's just talk. We had talked, and, like, I don't even know what we talked about. Like, nonsense. Like, TV shows that I'd seen once and didn't care about. But she was into him, so I talked to her about it. But I remember it being friendly. And then she was down to meet up for a drink. And like she met up and it was like she was subtly worse. In a way that's hard to put a finger on. You know, it was I wouldn't even be able to explain exactly what it was, but it was just subtly worse. And then, like, I didn't get along with her. Like, she's the one where she... There was nothing political in her OkCupid profile. There was nothing political or social disgust between us before we met up. And then, like, she sat down in this booth with me at the bar. And then she just, like, started launching into all this shit. This is probably, like, what? Like, 2015, maybe? 2014? This is probably like 2014, I would say. And uh, she... Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea when the last time I used that shit is. It could have been earlier. It could have been 2012, for all I know. But either way, like she, she just immediately launched into what was then like the, the textbook progressive shit. Like, just, and all of it was about feminism. Like Nobody was talking about like yeah, like, the trans stuff was kind of on the rise, but nobody was just, like, launching into that. Like, a young liberal girl wasn't going to just launch into that right away. It was, like, she launched into this thing about the patriarchy and, you know, just feminist talking points, but really aggressively. And I just, like, sat there and I just said to her, I was like, well, I'm a Republican. Because at that point, I was like, I don't want to be here that point I was just like that like I she was she looked subtly worse which again it's 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 almost like it's an interesting night in a way if it's like a girl shows up and she's substantially uglier than she looked you're like whoa this is interesting 
But if it's just kind of a subtle thing, like, and, it, and it's enough to make a difference to you, because it, it's not that she's like ugly. It's just like there's something that doesn't do it for you. That's more. The, I think that's a better way to put it. And I'm not saying that just because it sounds nicer. I think that's actually a more accurate way to put it. Like, it's not like a, like this girl showed up and I was like, yeah, she's slightly uglier than I was hoping. It's more just like, oh, there's something about her seeing her in, in the flesh that really doesn't do it for me. Really doesn't do it for me. And so I already had that going on, but I, I was giving her a chance. Like, uh, you know, let's have a drink. Let's just talk. And then the fact that she immediately launched into like this whole socio-political spiel very aggressively. I mean, there would have been no way to really do that and, and keep my interest but uh, to do it very aggressively. And so I just, I straight up told her, I said, oh, well, I'm a Republican. And uh, I don't remember what she said. Like, she just kept on with it. It was a really bad date. Like, those dates can be awkward. They go nowhere. Like, one of you's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. Nice meeting you. Um, but this one, it was just like, just a bad time. Like, not fun. And then these friends of mine were in the bar and they happened to be women. It was like a group of women were out for like a girl's night out at the same bar. And it was early. It was like still daylight out, which is weird. I think I met up with her like right after work or something. And, uh, but this like group of women I knew was at, at the bar, like from my social circle. And like I'd said hi to them. And I, I told the girl, like I was like, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to meet up with some friends. Which, like, you know, anytime I ever made a date, I never made plans afterward. Not because, oh, I'm going to get laid, dude. Just because, like, you don't know where the night's going. You might hang out all night. You might, you know, you might, who knows? It's open for adventure. Like, anytime I ever, like, made a date, it was just, like, the rest of the night's up in the air. You know, this, this could go anywhere. So it was just a flat-out lie. Like, I, I need to meet up with some friends. And then I just, like, got up and I walked over to this table of people I knew who were already in the bar. And I remember, like, I had a window seat in the bar. And, like, all these women that I met up with, there was, like, a group of, like, four or five women. And they just immediately started, like, criticizing the girl. Like, not to her. But, like, as she, the girl, like, left and they were, like... Do you, see, do you see her hair? It was all like matted on the back. Like she didn't even comb her hair. Do you see this? Like they immediately like just started criticizing her. And then I could see it because I had a window seat and I could see her walking away from the bar and she had like a little backpack on and just this like slumped posture and it just made me so sad. It was just, like and she had her head down. And then a little bit, like an hour later, like she messaged me and was like, we should do that again. Like, do you want to meet up again? And I think I just said like, you know, yeah, I don't, because in my mind I was like, was that not a horrible experience for you? Was that not an awful conversation? Was that, was that not just like an awful interaction? It wasn't like, there was no like animosity because I just, you know, started playing the fool. I was just like, I'm just a Republican. 
but uh you know it, it was just like man did that not suck so i think i just told her like in a nice way just like i eh, know but i just remember this like feeling of sadness as she walked away like just her just body language alone it was just like slumped over her shoulders like her head down this little backpack And then just the fact that, like, she thought that went well. Maybe she didn't, but it's just, like, sometimes... That's the thing, is, like, when you were doing that, when I was doing that, when you were doing that, um, but, you know, that those okay Cupid dates, it's, like, one, it was, like, so hard to, like, get one with someone that was even, like, remotely interesting or attractive that, you know, you'd be willing to go for a second date you know, you'd be willing to go for one, even if you, even if the first one you were like, I, you know, there's no chemistry, there's no chemistry. You'd still go for the second one if if it presented itself, just to kind of be like, eh. But anyway, the the Belarusian girl, like I went on a second date with her, and the first one, it, it there was no chemistry. Like it was like my point, like you know, before I got off on a tangent like my point was that like she was genuinely beautiful like she wasn't really my type but it was it was genuinely nice to meet up with a girl from okay cupid and be like this is a beautiful girl to be seen out on the town with this is a beautiful girl to be seen with <laughs> now that that's even my priority that's that's even something i care about i mean i think we all do to some extent you know, I think that there is like sort of a, an accomplishment unto itself that you feel like an ego stroke that you feel when it's like total strangers and maybe even people I know, they're going to see me out on the town with a beautiful girl. So that was nice. But like this girl, and I, we, we didn't have any chemistry. And then I, I felt weird because like I knew that we had had her photo on our wall of our apartment. And she, you know, so somehow, like, this is weird. This is this is a a weird thing for me. Um, and then, but you know, we we ended up meeting up for like a second drink, and I remember that like we started to have like the same exact conversation that we had had on the first date, and it was a specific conversation, like beat for beat, like everything we said on the second date was like the exact same stuff we had said on the first one. And there was a specific moment where I knew that she knew that we were having the com the same conversation. And she knew that I knew we were having the so same conversation, but ni neither of us said anything. It was just this distinct moment like where my stomach sank. Because I actually felt like I was the more responsible one. Not the more responsible one, but like I felt more responsible for it. Like I felt like I awkwardly guided the conversation into the same exact thing. And, it, and the thing was, it wasn't about like something I was interested in. There was like a specific moment where like on the first date, she had told me about like some kind of, some kind of food they have in Eastern Europe it's almost like a gyro and it's like made to sustain you all day like you eat one of them and like you don't have to eat the rest of the day it's designed that way and she had told me about that on the first date and then i remember on the second date we were talking about that again 
But I think that I somehow, even though it was like something that was in her wheelhouse, it somehow I I had like guided it back there. And we were both sitting there pretending we weren't having the same conversation, and it sucked. And it sucked. And then I think I ended up telling her like the same things about my job that I had told her the first date too, because she at one point she said, "That's what you were saying. That's what you were saying last time, yeah." And I'm just like, ah. We had the same exact conversation two dates in a row. Hell. Pure old hell in in that. I worked at this one place and like there was one day where the people I shared a room with one of them was like, what do you, this is like mid-2000s. Someone was like, what even is a hipster? And I just didn't even answer. And like the other people in the room were like, well, I think it's this. I think it's this. And no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and like set the record straight about what I think a hipster is. Because it was around that time that like that term like really made its way out there. It was basically around the time that term started to just fall out of use because it's like, Really normal people now were like, what is a hipster? But I just remember that conversation because like the first round, like the first time it happened, I was just like, I, these people don't need me to set the record straight. They don't need me to enter the, the ring on this. One, I have very little to say, but I just, I don't want to be involved in this. And then, like, a month later, it might have been, like, three weeks, we're all sitting there, and, like, the same person goes, what even is a hipster? And then they, like, launched into the same exact conversation. And I was like, this this is what makes me feel insane. You know, this is what makes you feel crazy. You know, it's not just small talk. How's your day? How's your day? Hi. Hi. You know, it's not it's not that. It's when, you know, the people that you spend 8 hours a day with are having the same conversation and acting like they they didn't just have this conversation a few weeks ago. What even is a hipster? And I, you know, I, I liked these people. It's not this isn't a criticism of them as people, but it, it's just Part of it is that, like, you got to pass the time, and one of the ways you pass the time is by throwing things out in the air, starting conversations. But that's a particular conversation that doesn't need to be had again. Didn't need to be had the first time, but doesn't need to be had again. And I really remember feeling crazy in that moment. Because everybody else in the room launched right back into it, and not as if they were revisiting it. Not as, not as if they were building on it. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to build on like the consensus we came to last time. It was as if they just restarted it. It's like they restarted the episode. And so like the next time there was a lull at work, I decided to take the initiative. And so I said, what even is a wigger? I wish. 
See, in my dream world, in my dream world, that's the conversation. What even is a wigger? Well, as the world's premier wigger analyst, I can tell you that you know there were, you know, murmurs of it in the mid '90s, but it it wasn't really until 1998 that the wigger phenomenon blew out completely in the open, and we started being able to pinpoint the highly specific traits that defined wiggerhood, wiggerism. You know, and, and really start to like study uh, the eh, enough of that. Like, you know, I I can launch into it. I mean, that's the sort of question that I've been waiting my whole life to get. And the weird thing now is, I want to talk about wiggers. That should be obvious if you listen to this show. Like, and you know, really talk about them. Like I said, I would say like me and maybe my friend Miles are more qualified to discuss wiggers objectively and sincerely than anybody else in the world. And so, you know, it's a sort of, but so I still want to talk about it because I still encounter it and I still see it. I mean, I was at the bank the other day, and there was a long line, and the guy in front of me was a wigger. Might have been my age. There's a certain generation, though. It's like, you have to be in your 30s or early 40s, I think, to be a true wigger. There's a cutoff. There's a beginning and an end to when, like, authentic wiggers can exist. Like, the influence is still everywhere. I mean, like, in many ways, the Wiggers won the war. The Wiggers won the war. In many ways, like, the influence of the Wiggers spread far and wide. Its influence was more subliminal. But the influence of the Wigger went far and wide. The Wiggers won the war. Um, but, uh... I was like, I was gonna say though is that you know I want to talk about it. Well, what I was gonna say, the guy at the bank, like this is just recently, so he must have been like within a certain age range. Hard to tell sometimes, but he was he was a total wigger, like a full blown textbook wigger, and they're kind of grubby looking now. I've talked about this before, where like in the heyday of wiggers, they wore incredibly clean, new, crisp clothing, bright, but the holdover wiggers of today. The guys who just stayed wiggers, one, their lives have been fucked up. Like anybody who stayed committed to wiggerdom, wiggerism, like they inevitably got more and more fucked up and have lived fucked up lives. So they look kind of grubby. And this guy, he was grubby, but he was a, a, a true wigger. And he turned to me in line. This is again small talk. And it made the day more interesting. But he turned to me in line and he goes, you know, how's this bank? Yo, how's this bank? And I was like, yeah, you know. I was like, I have a personal account through them and then my company uses them too. And I was like, you know, I mean, like the nice thing is, is they got ATMs everywhere. 
And you can always find a Bank of America ATM, so that's nice. They have you know tons of locations if you need to go in. And I was like, what sucks though is, and I was like, maybe this is just my checking account, but it requires me to keep $1,500 in my checking at all time. And if it dips below 1500 within a month, I get a penalty fee. Um, and they call it a maintenance fee. Like if my checking account even dips down to like 1499 and 99 cents, they charge me like 15 or $20 or something, and they call it a maintenance fee. Because they require me to do that, and he's like, man, that's fucked up. That's fucked up, dude. And I was like, yeah, but other than... And I was like, basically, like, I was like, a lot of people around here like the credit unions. I gave this guy his money's worth. It's not intended to be a bank pun, either. I gave this guy his money's worth. I was like, well, since he asked, like, here's my experience with Bank of America. It's convenient, but they have weird fucking penalties... And, uh, you know, a lot of people like the local credit unions, but where are you going to find their ATMs outside of, you know, this city? And he was like, thanks, man. He's like, I really appreciate that, yo. He didn't talk like that. He didn't say, like, yo or any of that shit, but he he talked like a wigger. He had a wigger accent, and it, is, and it is an accent. And it's different than just, like, a white person parodying a black accent. The Wigger accent is actually its own thing. And it's every bit as official as like a Southern accent or a New York accent. Like there is a, a Wigger accent and it is a real accent. It is an American accent and it is official. He had it. And then he started like opening up a little more. He said... Um, it's like, yeah, you know, like, uh, I just need a place to deposit my paychecks. And I was like, yep. And he's like, even though my, my wife spends it. I think he said my girl. He's like, even though my girl spends it. And I was like, yeah, I bet she make you know, I, I made some, like, quip, like a Rodney Dangerfield level quip. And he goes, you sound like you know what you're talking about. And I don't. I'm not married. I've never been in a relationship that involves like shared finances. I've never like had a girlfriend who spends my money. <laughs> it's like it's like, absurd to think about. Like if I was married, that'd be different. But like, I haven't been in a relationship in years. And like when I was like these twenties, early thirties relationships, like. I can't even fathom the idea of, like, my girlfriend spending my money. Like, yeah, you buy things for them on occasion, but, like, the idea of, like, she's spending my paycheck. So I made some kind of quip, and he's like, you sound like you know what you're talking about. And I just didn't say anything. Because even though it made my day to have this raw banking conversation with a wigger, I didn't want to, like... Again, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, tap on the glass. You know, I didn't want to tap on the glass. And then he just kept going. Like, next thing I knew, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, uh, my ex, you know, like, you know, she, uh, I, I, you know, 
she's this. She's like this. She's crazy. And I was like, I'll bet. And he's like, I, you know, she won't let me see my son. But he's like, that's why I work. He's like, I'm, I'm working and I'm putting away money. And when he's 18, I'm seeing him no matter what. And I was like, hell yeah. He's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you are. And so, like, it, it went from small talk to, I mean, it's kind of like that, like, like the cashier being like, I just reconnected with my high school sweetheart. You know, that's kind of what this guy was doing in a different way where it's like, yeah, my, my girl spends all my money and then my ex won't let me see my son, but I'm going to see him when he's 18 no matter what. And I was just like, hell yeah. And then when I got up to the bank teller, it's this girl because, uh, you know, I go to the same bank for work every week and the girl, like, I, I don't know her. But, you know, you you see this person every week, so you're familiar. And she, she, it was weird. Like, she's young. She's probably in her early 20s. A very quiet girl who works at a bank. And she, she like, the very first thing she says to me, she says, did you know that guy? <laughs> like, like, she had noticed, like, there she, like, there's a long line of people and she's busy working with customers, but like, she had noticed that I was in line talking to that guy for a long time. And he was really going off to me about stuff. And just that, like, before she even said hi or anything, I just, I walk up to the teller and she just goes, Did you know that guy? And I was like, No. And then she's like, Oh. And the funny thing about it, though, is he had braces. He had really fucked up teeth and braces. So it was perfect. It was like this, this wigger oversharing his life with me. And he seemed like he was on the right track. Like, he didn't seem like he was currently on meth. He didn't seem like... like he, he did seem like he's trying to do the right thing. And that's a beautiful fucking thing, is like seeing a, a grown wigger like trying to do the right thing. There's something that really brings a tear to your eye. Because this guy cashed, you know, th this guy cashed out early. Wiggers who stay wiggers, like they cashed out early. They gambled it all away early in life. Like they banked on the wrong thing. Like they bet on the wrong horse. They got to feel like the toughest, coolest guy in school for like six months in 1998 and then they cashed out and now they're just stuck like that they just became wiggers forever wiggers eternal but this guy he seemed like he was trying to do the right thing and a wigger trying to do the right thing is a beautiful thing but it just it cracked me up like when this girl just like did you know that guy it, there was almost like an air of concern to her voice genuine curiosity maybe more than anything because like the people at that bank like they see me more I go twice a week for work and like they see me a lot like I'm probably one of the people they they all know me and you know it's it's small talk there's one guy there who always he gets more deep like he's told me all about his family he's told me a lot He's one of the bank tellers, and he, he's told me a lot. And he asks me questions about myself, like, 
he found out that I'm interested in the mafia. So now when I come in, he asks me about that. He's like, you learn anything else new? Well, now that you mention it. Um, but yeah, they know me there. And like, I'm just a guy, who, you know, manages a store who drops off money, gets change, does the, the normal stuff. But they've gotten to know me. And so when that girl like saw me talking to this, what, what appeared to be a deranged wigger, Grease wigger, you know, with braces. It was probably like, what's he doing with him? Like what? There was, it was like, what's he doing? And this girl probably saw, like, maybe picked up like the echoes of what he was saying, which was like this highly personal stuff, like. My ex is fucking crazy, but she like won't let me see my son. But when he's eighteen, I'm gonna see him no matter what because he's eighteen, bitch. Yeah, I don't think he was swearing like that, but that that's coded in there. It's coded into what he's saying in in the Wigger accent. It's all there. There's a lot of a lot of things hidden in the winds of a Wigger's accent. Carries a lot of subtle forces. But that's the beauty of small talk. Like I just started out with like, because the thing was like, I don't think he even cared about my answer to like, what's it like banking here? I'm thinking about setting up an account. I don't think he actually cared about my answer to that. Like he was already in line at Bank of America planning to set up an account. I think he just wanted to talk to somebody. And so you're standing in line at a bank. Like, what do you think about this bank? huh? You think I should set up an account here? What's it like? You know, asking me that question, it was just a way to kind of some small talk. We're in line at the bank. Let's talk about the bank. And he obviously had a lot more he wanted to get off his chest. Did you know that guy? Do you know that guy? And what's even better is it wasn't like he was causing problems or anything. Like, it'd be one thing if he was causing problems in the bank. That's like my dream is like seeing a wigger causing problems in a bank. But, you know, it'd be one thing if he was, like, causing a scene, but he was just, he was just a wigger in line, like, waiting to talk to a teller about starting an account. So the fact that the girl, like, picked up on that and, like, found it strange that I was talking to him makes it even better, because it's, like, it was just this, like, subtle meeting of the minds. But I purposely didn't say shit about myself. I mean, I don't do that to begin with, but I purposely didn't say shit about myself. Shit. Cause like when he was when you know when I made some sort of like old timey like wife joke. Cause he's like my my girl she's I she spends all my paychecks. I probably said something like they're good at that. That's what they're good at. And he's like you sound like you know what you're talking about. And I just kind of smiled. Like no I don't. I don't I really don't. This guy's imagining I have a family. This guy's imagining I have a wife. I led this wigger to believe that I had a wife who's spending all my money. I lied by omission to this wigger. But honestly, like talking to a wigger in 2024, it is like talking to Rodney Dangerfield or something. 
Like that, it was actually an eye-opening moment for me, and it makes sense now. But it's like they're a product of another time. Like wiggers are antiquated. Like the way they see the world, and and you know, they're all they're antiquated. Like talking to a wigger about women is more like talking to your grandpa about it than it is most men today. Like, wiggers have kind of an old-timey sensibility. That's, and that's something that I never imagined I would ever say. Wiggers have now kind of have an old-timey sensibility. Like, they have old-school values. <laughs> they do. Like, like this guy, he, he had old-school values. He's just like, I just... You know, I just... I need a place to put my... Like, like what he said to me is, like, something that, like some iron worker in New Jersey in 1940 would say to you, I just need a place to put my paycheck so my wife doesn't spend it all. You know, he that, that might as well have been this guy, but he's a wigger saying the same exact thing. And that's one thing I can 100% say about wiggers is that they're interesting. Like, and by that I don't mean they're like always interesting people or something what I mean is like they're always going to like throw something interesting to you it's always going to be a weird interaction and it's always going to be kind of different like yeah they say like their form of small talk is like stupid bullshit like asking you what kind of shoes you're wearing or something but I are those shoes y'all dude are those shoes yeah, dude, are you wearing shoes? Are those are those those things on your feet called shoes? Um, you know, the, the Wiggers have their own form of small talk, but often they launch into crazy shit because their filter is missing. Because they're like this living performance turned reality, and they have no filter. It's like you get some weird shit out of Wiggers. And even if it's something normal, it's like, it's it's become weird because they're saying, like this guy, the guy at the bank, what he was saying became kind of weird simply because he was who he was. And they're kind of astonished by life. Like, Wiggers used to go around being like, whoa, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, what the fuck? What? Like, they're kind of astonished by things. Y'all, dude, that's fucked. That's fucked up. Y'all, dude, that's fucking crazy, man. Like, they go around the world and they're like, oh, that's fucking crazy, y'all. That's hella crazy. They just go around just their minds getting blown. Like, that's actually what I remember about Wiggers. Like, yeah, they could act tough. They could, they could go around acting like tough guys and that was them at their worst like you didn't want to be around a wigger when they felt like they had something to prove but if you had classes with them and they because they would talk to you like one thing about wiggers too is like they'll they'll just talk to you like even if you have nothing in common with them if you sit next to a wigger in class they would just talk to you they didn't care like they didn't care who you were wiggers would just like make comments to you And uh, 
you know, a lot of it was like just astonishment. Like when they weren't acting tough, a lot of it was just like astonishment at the world. And like they had kind of that stoner thing going on, like, whoa. But through the wigger, channeled through the wigger, it was a little bit different. Where like they basically just go around and when they're not posturing and like trying to act dangerous, they're just going around having their minds blown. Even this wigger in the bank, there was a little bit of that. Like when I was telling him how like the bank gives you a penalty fee if you dip below $1,500 in checking, I could tell it kind of blew his mind. Like he'd never considered that. Like he'd never, he'd never considered that that happens. And it's a weird thing. It's weird the bank penalizes you for that. I don't understand the logic. It's probably something to do with like the amount of interest they make off of you or something. Like you need to maintain this much money in your bank, your bank account so that the bank can like make this much interest from all of its customers, whatever. I don't know. I'm just making that up. I should have told the wigger that. He would have been like, whoa. But even just telling him, honestly, like just telling him like how the bank worked and that they like, oh, one of the good things about Bank of America is like there's ATMs fucking everywhere. Oh, whoa. Like, I was blowing his mind just with like normal bank talk. That's the beauty of wiggers. Because like sometimes when they did go to class and pay attention in class, like the history teacher would say something about George Washington and the wigger would be like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Sometimes like the history teacher would just mention like some like completely normal fact about George Washington and it would just hit the wigger in the right spot and be like, oh, it's fucking tight. Y'all dude, George Washington's fucking tight, dude. You, you get that like you you would act like I can I can it's not me exaggerating like I saw that happen over and over again like you know once in a blue moon a wigger would pay attention in class he'd just hear one little snippet of something the teacher was saying and he'd love it like wiggers got bad grades they got expelled suspended they they weren't meant for school but they did seem to like getting like a, a little good, uh, a hot piece of info once in a while. Something about George Washington, they'd be like, yo, man, George Washington's fucking tight, dude. It resonated with them. Like some fact about George Washington would just resonate with a wigger. Their mind would be blown. And, like, why shouldn't their minds be blown all the time? I mean, like I've said, they're like clowns. They were like these menacing clowns. Extremely baggy pants, which is something associated with clownhood. Ridiculously baggy pants, like, sagged really low with their underwear showing. And you're meant to see the underwear. Like, you're meant to see the underwear. What they call, you're meant to see the underwear. Very bright colors, which is clown-like. Like, you're guaranteed to see a wigger wearing, like, bright yellow, bright red. 
They're in a bright red hat and a you know a bright yellow shirt. They have like these cheap jewels hanging from them. They'd wear watches, um, bracelets, multiple chains. And they'd be silver or something. Like they'd be, you know, it wasn't like costume jewelry. But it's not like the stuff wealthy people wear either. It's like a necklace that cost $100 their grandma bought them. But they just wear that shit. So it's like, they're just like decorated in jewels. Like these carnival creatures. In baggy, colorful clothes. Who talk weird. Like these clowns. But menacing. You know, they could be very menacing because they had a lot to prove. But one one thing that was always nice is like they're always going to throw something interesting your way. Because I didn't even realize I was doing it in school, but I 100% was, where I was just kind of like observing the Wiggers. And like when they talked, I listened. And just kind of watched how they operated. And they all seemed to get it. That's what blew my mind about it. Is like, this happened overnight. Like most of these kids who became Wiggers, you didn't see a progression. It wasn't like a kid who gets into punk. I've said this before, but like, if a kid gets into punk, you see kind of a progression. Like they start wearing skater shoes and shorts. And a Flame Boy t-shirt. Next thing you know, they're wearing like a... Uh, a Millen Cullen t-shirt. And they're spiking their hair. Oh, they bleached the tips of their hair and now they're wearing a... You know, a less than Jake shirt. Oh, he found the sex pistols. Like, oh, now, now he's got... He dyed his hair a different color and he's got spikes and... You know, he's starting to wear patches. Now he's a full-blown punk. Like, you see this progression where, like, when someone gets into something. Like, I remember, like, a couple people, like, like gradually getting into metal. And it's like, it starts out where, like, they wear a band t-shirt or two. And then they start growing their hair out. But, like, it, it's like this awkward mop of hair for a while. Then it's, like, down to their chin. And then eventually they progress to where they're just, they look like a metalhead. With Wiggers, though, I don't remember anything gradual about it. It was just one day someone comes to school or comes back from summer vacation and he's a Wigger now. He's a Wigger. Wigger. He's a Wigger. Wigger Wolf. Full Moon came out and he's a Wigger Wolf. Werewolf. A weir-wigger. Were-wigger. Be a movie I'm going to make. Weir-wigger. Wigger-wolf. I like, I like were-wigger more. Because wigger-wolf, like, if I made a movie called Wigger-wolf, you imagine just like the normal werewolf, but he's dressed like a wigger and acts like a wigger, which would be just a crappy joke. Because everything by the, like the late 90s, early 2000s was also making fun of Wiggers. Like in 1999 or 2001 or something, like 
as a gag, they would have made like a werewolf who's a wigger, who talks like a wigger and dresses like a wigger. I just like saying the word wigger. Bounces off my tongue. It's a bouncy word, wigger. You can practically see the G's in wigger like bouncing like rubber. Bouncing like rubber, wigger, rubber wigger. Wigger rubber. Sounds like an insult, you wigger rubber. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you wigger rubber. Um, but uh, we're wigger. That's where, not where a wolf becomes a wigger. That's just about a wigger. A weir wigger is just a boy who the full moon comes out and now he's just a wigger. There's no wolf involved in weir wigger. The wigger is the wolf. The wigger takes the place of the wolf. Don't need any wolves in that story because we have wiggers. Um, but one thing I was going to say a second ago though is like, you know, since it's something I still like to talk about, it's a passion of mine. The weird thing now, though, is like, you don't really know if you can say the word wigger anymore. I've seen people crack down on it. Because of like where it comes from, because like even though it, it isn't actually meant, it, it really isn't meant to, you know, like, like calling someone a wigger isn't meant to really say anything about black people. It's its own distinct field. It's its own, like, it, obviously it's based on that. But it's like when you call someone a wigger, it's, it's not referencing anything else. It's, it's become self-defining. But because the word is what it is, it's not something you can say as freely now. And I remember picking up on that, like, in the mid-2000s. Like, 2015, I had this very liberal girlfriend, and I was... You know, trying to be careful, like I, like, I didn't want to just throw the word wigger out there, and shame on me for even trying to hold back, but like, I was, I was trying to describe wiggers without using the word wigger. I think I was in mixed company or something, and I remember my girlfriend just went like, you mean wiggers? And I was like, oh, you, you made it easy, thank you. But I don't know, with people today, like, I, I don't know if that's something you can really say as freely. Whereas there was a point in time where it's just, that was the only word to use. It was self-defining. But now I think, you know, people have put so much thought into these things. They spend so much time thinking about it that, um, I don't know if it's appropriate to say wigger, except around people you trust. People you've established, uh, what was it, trust and uh, peace with. I can only say wigger around people that have established trust and peace with. And if you've been paying attention, you establish trust and peace first with small talk. But that's case in point. What small talk can help with is if there is something potentially controversial that you might say, you're going to make some small talk with somebody and pick up on their vibe. It's like dogs sniffing each other. You know, that's kind of what small talk is. It's kind of like dogs sniffing each other. It's like, I'm going to get a feel for you. 
I'm going to see if you're a dog. And I, I think there's a, there's a good balance where it's like, you don't really want to talk to people who only make small talk. Like you definitely don't want to talk to them. Like you don't want to talk to anybody who's too into small talk. But you don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't know how or doesn't appreciate small talk either. Like you want to talk to people who, even if they've never thought this explicitly, like you want to talk to people who understand its purpose, but don't want to just dwell there. And there are some people who can just leap that divide. Like there are some people who can meet a total stranger and never have small talk with them. They're wiggers. A wigger can say whatever he wants to you the first time he meets you. And you'll accept it. And if you say and if you say whatever you want to a wigger, you'll blow his mind. But not everybody can be a wigger. Not everybody can just jump over small talk and avoid it. I think for most of us we need it. You don't want to like it too much. You don't want to fetishize small talk. But you want to be able to do it. You want to be able to appreciate it. You want to be able to, you know, talk to people who understand that this is how we sniff each other. Small talk is just how we sniff each other. Yeah. Uh-huh.